Hi Compounders! I would like to start a series of talks where I share some of my thoughts and go a little bit deeper into some topics. These talks will be relatively short and will try to focus on specific issues that I spent some time reflecting upon and hopefully they are fact-based. Since I don't claim to have all the answers, I entitled this series Guys Food for Thoughts. So in this first episode I would like to focus on the two biggest drivers of shareholders value and these are the return on total capital and the growth rate. So first of all, the return on total capital, depending on the definition of earnings, is equal to the earnings divided by the total capital. Total capital means debt plus equity, and earnings can mean different things, generally either net profits, net earnings, or NOPAT, net operating profits after tax. And the idea is that the company is creating value if the return on total capital is larger than the weighted average cost of capital, the WAC. If you're not a finance person, this may seem a little bit blurry, but the idea is very simple. And the idea is that the company has, in general, both debt and equity. And there's a cost for the company associated with the debt and a cost associated with the equity. The cost of debt is objective because there are bonds out there and they are priced, that they have some yield attached to them, or the company has loans with banks and there are interest rates attached to these loans. So if the company has debt, there is a quite objective cost of debt associated with it. In general, companies have equity, the shareholders' equity is positive, and there is a cost also associated with that equity because, after all, shareholders are entitled to that equity and if the company retains that equity in general earnings year after year shareholders face an opportunity cost so there are several ways to try to compute the cost of equity and they rely for example the risk-free rate the beta of the stock and the average market return but in general we could just imagine that since we can invest in an index fund and expect a return over the very long run between let's say 7 and 10 percent per year annualized then in risk adjusted terms the cost of equity should be at least that so a company generally has both debt and equity and there is a cost as i just mentioned associated with the debt and associated with the equity and by averaging these two costs we end up with a number the WAC that summarizes the cost of capital for the company. So going back to the return on total capital, so since the company employs this total capital, we measure the return on this total capital. So by the way, this is the same as the return on invested capital, ROIC. And if the return on total capital is larger than the weighted average cost of capital, then the company is creating value. So this is a very important 
important concept because if we don't look at the return on total capital and the weighted average cost of capital and we just focus on the second driver of value which is growth we could actually end up in a situation where a company is growing but is destroying value and this should be very clear as soon as we imagine a startup company that is growing a lot but is also spending a lot and typically startups need new equity to serve Survive. So they need new rounds, Series A, Series B, etc. It's not that they raise this capital to accelerate. Typically, they actually need this capital to survive. And then one day they will become profitable and everybody will, will profit from this endeavor. Very, very few startup companies are profitable after, let's say, one year of formation. They are quite rare. So in the normal case, a company grows, but they maybe they don't even have revenue. So surely their return on total capital is negative, and it, it is surely less than the weighted average cost of capital. They may not have debt, but they have equity, and so there is a cost of equity given by the VC company. So the two largest drivers of value creation are the return on total capital, which has to be larger than the average weighted cost of capital, and growth, so in this order, because if the return on total capital is less than the weighted average cost of capital and the company is growing, actually the company is destroying value at a higher rate than otherwise. So growth is actually a way to accelerate whatever the company is fundamentally doing, either creating value or destroying value. Of course, we want a very high return on total capital and a moderate to high growth rate for the companies that we would like to invest in. It's quite an interesting topic to study because the whole point here is trying to understand how to compute well the return on total capital. And in this computation, there are several quantitative and qualitative judgments to make. So quantitatively, one has to focus on the right items on the balance sheet and income statement. And qualitatively, one needs to understand the durability of this return on total capital. A high return on total capital is telling us that the company has a competitive advantage and it has it now. So our job is to understand is, it, is this competitive advantage a durable competitive advantage or not and in the affirmative how durable is it. So the concept of moat comes into play here because a wide moat company has a longer competitive advantage or it is expected to have a longer competitive advantage compared to a narrow moat or a no moat company. So let's say a wide mode company will have this competitive advantage for at least 20 years, a narrow mode company for at least 10 years, a no mode company is really up to be challenged in the near future. Then I would like to conclude with an observation that is empirical, but it's also 
quite intuitive if we think about it a little bit. So suppose that we found companies with high return to capital and high growth. Suppose that our filters are set not only for these years, but for the last three years, five years, 10 years. So we know that in the past, return to capital and growth have been steady and good. Can we say anything about the future? Now, empirically, there is a lot of evidence that the return on capital is quite stable. So, from economic theory, we need to expect that eventually any competitive advantage will be competed away. So any competitive advantage will disappear eventually. So the, the end of any business unit in any company is to earn the weighted average cost of capital, and that's it. Then of course, companies may have different business units and are living organisms. And so a, a big corporation can have a return on total capital that is larger than the weighted average cost of capital for many, many, decades. But this is only because they change. They morph into different companies, essentially. And for example, a pharma company has new drugs, or a software company has new products and services. So in general, the company changes, and the company has to change to, to keep the competitive advantage. At the same time, it has been empirically shown that growth rates are not stable. So the return on total capital is quite stable, so it will be competed away, but it can last for a long time. The growth of NOPAT, for example, or also revenue for that matter, is much less stable. So this is a, an interesting case of reversion to the mean, where the return on total capital reverts to the mean slowly, but the growth rates revert to the mean quickly. Now, what's the intuition behind this? The intuition is that if a company has a competitive advantage today, it's very likely that it will have this competitive advantage in one year or two years or three years from now. But what about the growth rate? The growth rate can be affected a lot by external causes. And so we just come out of a global pandemic. Of course, the growth rates of a lot of businesses have been changed by the pandemic and nobody could forecast or in some sense even prepare from the point of view of, of the growth rate to, to the pandemic. So this is a warning sign for valuation because growth rates are important for a DCF model. At the same time, returns can be used to validate the results. So this is a heads up to use several different methods to evaluate businesses. And these methods should be relatively different from a conceptual view. So it's all for today. I wish you happy valuations going forward. Bye.